let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. I mean, is anybody checking for arrested development? Yeah. I'm seeing marriages dying just like miscarriages We've been at it two zero years, changing the narrative Father to my two kids, plus to add to my parenting We took on a teen in a desperate need of a family He was jacking cars and some other type of insanity Playing the road Welcome to the Michael M. Hotep Show right here on the Empowerment Radio Network Where now just power Today is uh, Wednesday, March 29th, 2017 And we are live today, Wednesday, March 29th, 2017 we are live today. We're going to be here for a little while, about 45 minutes or so, because I'm doing, at 7 p.m., I'm doing a uh, live webinar dealing with uh, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. But on today's show, uh, we got to talk about uh, the disrespect of two prominent African-American women that took place uh, on uh, Monday and Tuesday of this week. Uh, Monday night on uh, Fox News, Bill O'Reilly uh, talked about um, Maxine Waters, uh, House Representative, House of Representatives member Maxine Waters, and uh, he said that he was responding to some remarks she made, and he said he couldn't uh, hear what she was saying because of her uh, James Brown wig. Okay, very very disrespectful. And then yesterday at the right at the White House uh, uh, press conference. Right. Sean Spicer, White House press secretary. Uh, he uh, April Ryan, uh, who is the White House correspondent for American Urban Radio, was uh, asking him some questions and he told her to stop shaking his th stop shaking her head. OK. And, you know, this caused a firestorm on social media. You actually have to uh, see it. We're going to play a clip of it for you. This actually caused a, uh, a firestorm on social media. And uh, the hashtag black uh, black women at work was created by Brittany Packnett. But, you know, this is just just totally disrespectful. And um, it's kind of a way to undermine the um, kind of a way to undermine the actual uh, legitimate criticism uh, that the uh, that the two women had as well. OK, so we're going to talk about that on today's show. Then also. Um, we'll discuss, um, you have this case out of South Carolina. You have an unarmed African-American man who was allegedly shot by police 17 times, uh, in the back, according to his sister. Okay. His name is, uh, Waltke, uh, Williams. All right. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, news1.com has an article about that as well. So we'll deal with that on today's show also and then yesterday yeah this big news story is spilled over to, to into the uh, into today uh former deputy attorney general sally yates uh had her hearing canceled she was supposed to testify um i think it was yesterday or today uh, uh i think it was yesterday she was supposed to testify yesterday uh, in front of the House Intelligence Committee. Well, that was canceled by Representative uh, Devin Nunes, who's in a lot of hot water uh, as, of, uh, as of lately. And all the other hearings and things that are supposed to take place, he's canceled as well. And a lot of people are saying this is looks like a big cover up. OK, we'll talk about that. And then uh, we'll also talk about the uh, live webinar I'm doing at 7 p.m., 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. Um, um, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. This is the first installment of three uh, first of three installments, two hours each. So there's a six hour course understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school understanding the transatlantic slave trade what they didn't teach you in school okay so how's everybody doing uh, everybody watching us on uh facebook uh we have the information posted at the top of uh at the top of the page we have the information posted on this broadcast also about what we're discussing today it's been hectic uh, i'm getting ready to go out of town uh friday i head to baltimore for the baltimore natural hair care expo the baltimore natural hair care expo and uh, I'm, I'm there each year. I do workshops there dealing with uh, great African women in history, the mothers of civilization. So um, it's been hectic uh, getting ready for that. OK. And um, I have to ship some things to the hotel where I'm staying because I don't want to take it with me because it's going to be too much to uh, try to take. So it's very hectic 
and uh, I'm doing Steve Hood's radio show tomorrow morning. Wake up with Steve Hood on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation. So getting ready for that as well. So this is hectic, but we're doing the class tonight. So you can register for it. Uh, we're getting ready to I'm getting ready to post the link here, uh, post the information for you to register for the live webinar um, that's coming up. And a lot of people participated. We did a free uh, intro yesterday, and a lot of people participated in that and uh, learned a lot from that also. Now, I'm not sure why this is looking so dark here. I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. I'm trying to fix it here. So let's post this. Okay. So you can register for the live webinar. You can tune in from around the world. It's a, a donation of only $40. It's a six-hour course, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. You're going to learn a lot. It is recorded also, so you can go back and watch it over and over and over again as well. Okay? So we just posted the information there. And uh, share this broadcast, uh, or Facebook Live broadcast on your own page, own Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in also. Okay? All right. Now, uh, sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter as well. Um, okay. Uh, and uh, follow us on Facebook, The African History Network, The African History Network. All right. So, um, Maxine Waters was interviewed by Chris Hayes last night on MSNBC. And she talked about being a strong black woman and that she cannot be intimidated. Okay, let's go to this. Bill O'Reilly had a really disparaging thing to say about you. He apologized, but then proceeded apparently to attack you again on this program tonight. And I wondered if you wanted to respond to that. No, I'm not responding to him. Uh, first of all, let me thank Hillary Clinton for standing up for all women, and uh, in particular for black women. And, and let me just say this. I'm a strong black woman, and I cannot be intimidated. I cannot be undermined. I cannot be thought uh, to be a friend of Bill O'Reilly or anybody. And I'd like to say to women out there everywhere, don't allow these right-wing talking heads, these dishonorable people, to intimidate you or scare you, be who you are, do what you do, and let us get on with discussing the real issues of this country. Bill O'Reilly and Roger Ailes have no credibility. Uh, they have been sued by women. They have had to pay millions of dollars out in fines for harassment and other kinds of things. And so we know about that checkered pass. And we also know that when a woman stands up and speaks truth to power, that there will be attempts to put her down. And so I'm not going to be put down. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to stay on the issues. All right. So that was <laughs> that was Maxine Waters last night <laughs> on MSNBC. OK, so um, here's what happened, you know. Um, there's an article from Huffington Post Black Voices um, about this, and we're going to uh, I'm going to pull up this other clip also. But there's an article from Huffington Post Black Voices that deals with this issue, and uh, you know that happened uh, Monday night. Uh, Bill O'Reilly apologized uh, on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night. Okay, on his show on uh, on Fox News. All right, and uh, we're going to go to this clip here in just a minute. Okay, so there was an article from um, uh, Huffington Post Black Voices, and let's get this one up just a second here. I had it up, but it's in a different tab. All right. All right, how's everybody doing today? Okay, Shirley, Jay Carter, how's everybody doing? Okay, so black women on Twitter share the BS they put up with at work every day. Black women on Twitter share the BS they put up with at work uh, every day, all right? And um, somebody on Twitter posted that I'm surrounded every day by brilliant, confident, incredible black professional women who get demeaned despite their prowess. 
who get demeaned despite their prowess. All right. So uh, behind what happened to uh, uh, Maxine Waters, um, the hashtag was created by Brittany Patnett, who, who was with um, one of the Black Lives Matter organizations. She's with Campaign Zero. She created she created the hashtag on Tuesday, Black Women at Work. And, you know, it started going viral on uh, Facebook. So black women are on Twitter are fed up with the way they are treated in the workplace. So they're sharing their experiences on Twitter. OK. All right. Now. Uh, and then we'll pull up this uh, other one also. Uh, there was another article from uh, Huffington Post Black Voices. Um, Bill O'Reilly mocks Maxine Waters hair. While she's busy tackling Trump, Bill O'Reilly mocks Maxine Waters here while she's busy tackling Trump. OK, uh, he said, I didn't hear a word. She said I was looking at the James Brown wig. All right. So uh, during the segment of Fox and Friends on Monday, uh, the, the show played a clip of Representative Maxine Waters speaking out against the discriminatory and bigoted practices of uh, Donald Trump supporters. Of Donald Trump's supporters. Okay, so when asked to give his response, Bill O'Reilly killed two birds with one stone and made a comment that was both racist and sexist, according to Huffington Post Black Voices. Okay, he said, "I didn't hear a word she said. I was looking at the James Brown wig. Do we have a picture of James Brown? It's the same wig." So the co-host of the show, Brian Kilmeade, uh, laughed and made a tasteless joke about. Uh, James Brown, who who dies in 2006. OK, who that who died in 2006. Um, and uh, Brian Kilmeade said he's not using it anymore. Uh, they just they finally buried him. All right. Now, another co-host of the show, Ansley Earhart, because I don't watch Fox and Friends. I see clips of Fox and Friends on MSNBC. OK, and that's it. I don't, I don't watch the Fox News Network. That's this this a bunch of nonsense. But Ansley Earhart, another co-host, defended um, Maxine Waters and said, you can't go after a woman's looks. I think she's very attractive. Bill O'Reilly responded. I didn't say she wasn't attractive. I, I love James Brown, but it's the same hair. James Brown, the godfather of soul had whatever it is. I just couldn't get by it. OK, when it's not like this is the first time he's ever seen Ma Maxine Waters. So when. When has he said that in the past? All right. Um, so let's go to this. Uh, let's go to this clip here. I do not honor this president. I do not respect this president. Okay, that's not the clip I wanted. I thought it had uh, the. Um, I thought it had the uh, uh, video of the actual segment. Okay. Let's go to. Um, all right. So you heard the clip from um, uh, All In with Chris Hayes. And. OK. All right. So the, the article um, from Huffington Post Black Voices, the other one. Um, let's go back to this one. So was, what was trending on Twitter was African-American women talking about the way that they have uh, been disrespected uh, in the workplace, okay, especially by white men. All right, so you had that take place. Then you had April Ryan, uh, White House Press Secretary for, uh, White House Correspondent for American Urban Radios. You had uh, April Ryan uh, disrespected uh, as well. Now, I, I saw it live yesterday, because um, I watched the White House uh, uh, Press Secretary uh, the White House um, daily briefings, uh, press briefings. I watch it uh, almost every day live. So I was sitting there. I was sitting here doing some work, and I was watching it yesterday. And I'm like, I know Sean Spicer didn't just tell April Ryan to stop shaking her head. Okay, so uh, that was that was, very, um, and he's standing up there lying at the same time. Okay, we're going to go to this clip here in just a minute uh, as well. So. If we look at the article uh, from um, 
we look at the article from uh, Huffington Post Black Voices, the first one I talked about, black women of Twitter, of Twitter share the BS they put up with at work every day. Okay. We'll go to that and just we'll go to that clip in just a second. All right. So uh, activist Brittany Packnett uh, kicked off the hashtag black women at work on Tuesday afternoon in response to the disrespectful ways in which uh, two prominent black women were treated by public figures throughout the day. So we talked about Fox News, what happened there later in the day. Um, uh, and this was on Tuesday. This was a. Uh, uh, Tuesday morning on Fox and Friends. That's when it happened. Tuesday morning on Fox and Friends. Okay. Cause Fox and Friends is their morning show. All right. So later in the day, White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer scolded uh, White House correspondent April D. Ryan and told her to stop shaking her head. This uh, this happened before a room full of journalists and it was televised and broadcast on national TV. Yes, it was. I was sitting there watching this. Now, Brittany Packnett said uh, that uh, both incidents were unacceptable, but also unfortunately familiar. She said, quote, uh, I'm surrounded every day by brilliant, confident, incredible black professional women who get demeaned despite their prowess. Uh, today I was over today. I was over it. Uh, she went on to say, I have deep and abiding respect for Congresswoman uh, Waters and uh, Miss Ryan, who are both trailblazers in their fields. They are to be uh, respected. Uh, just like every other black woman who rises each day to contribute to uh, this society in ways they are all too often uh, taking uh, taken for granted. All right. Now, as a way to help address these issues, Brittany Packnett encouraged African-American women online to share some of their real life experiences at work. OK, she said, I wanted the hashtag to make the invisible visible. I wanted the hashtag black women at work to make the invisible visible to challenge non-African-American people to stand with African-American women, not just when this happens on television, but in the cube or cubicle at work right next to them. OK, I'm also glad stories of triumph, triumph. An achievement got shared through the hashtag as well. African-American women are more than just our woes, W-O-E-S. We are triumphant. Okay. Uh, so some of the tweets. Uh, okay. Brittany Packnett tweeted, and you can follow her on Twitter, Miss Pac, uh, Pacchetti. P-A-C-K-Y-E-T-T-I. This happens to black women every day at work. Share your Maxine in April moments so uh, people don't think this is rare. Use hashtag black women at work. All right. So uh, she posted every black woman meets at least three uh, Bill O'Reilly's and five Sean Spicer's a day. Uh, Miss M uh, also uh, at Tori Joy, J-O-I. She uh, tweeted. I'm five feet tall, 90 pounds, former cheerleader, told I was intimidating and off-putting by colleague on third day. Okay. Um, Lou Bay, B-A-Y, posted, uh, is there anyone else who I could speak with? Uh, no, this is my department. Hashtag black women at work. Um, Jay Penny. P-E-N-N-I, J. Penny tweeted, where's hair out? I like your hair. Okay, where's hair out? I like your hair. Where's a bun? You cut your hair. Where's hair out again? New hair. You change it so much. Um, let's see. Okay, so you can read some more of those. Uh, let's go to this clip here. This is uh, uh, April Ryan talking about what happened uh, yesterday. You've got Russia. If the president puts Russian salad dressing on his salad tonight, somehow that's a Russian connection. But every single person, no, I, and you, and, well, no, that's, I appreciate your agenda here, but the reality is, oh, no, no, hold on. No, at some point, report the facts. The facts are that every single person who has been briefed on this subject has come away with the same conclusion. Republican, Democrat, so I'm sorry that that disgusts you, 
You're shaking your head. I appreciate it, but but I, okay. But understand this: that at some point, the facts are what they are, and every single person who has been briefed on the situation, with respect to the the situation with Russia, Republican, Democrat, Obama appointee, career, have all come to the same conclusion. At some point, April, you're going to have to take no for an answer with respect to whether or not there was collusion. How do you change the perception be, of, of we're, we're going to keep doing everything we're doing to make sure that the president's that what the president told the American people he was going to do to fulfill those pledges and promises that he made to bring back jobs, to grow the economy, to keep our nation safe. That's what he's been focused on since day one. We're going to keep focusing on that every and single Connie day. Comes Friday. Rice did not support this president. Um, she did not go to the convention. She comes. What is on the agenda, and and how is their relationship? Has it healed since 2006 when he used a very negative word to so describe? Here's what I'll tell you. It's interesting that you ask those two questions back to back. On the one hand, you're saying, what are we doing to improve our image? And then here he is once again meeting somebody uh, that hasn't been a big supporter of his. Hold on. I, I, no, no, but, but April, hold on. You, 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 it seems like you're hell-bent on trying to make sure that whatever image you want to tell about this White House stays because at the end of the day, the let me answer. I understand. I okay, but you know what? You're asking me a question, and I'm going to answer it, which is the president. I'm sorry. Please stop shaking your head again. But at some point, the reality is that this president continues to reach out to individuals who've supported him, who didn't support him, Republicans, Democrats, to try to bring the country together and move forward on an agenda that's going to help every American. So, April, you've got an agenda. You're shaking your head. Uh, from I what I can tell, agenda, from what, well, that's what he's saying. <laughs> you know, from what I can tell, you were just trying to get the reaction, uh, a very point-blank reaction. There's, there's. Uh, committee hearings on the Hill, claiming that your campaign could have had ties to Russia, uh, the Trump campaign. Uh, how do you fix that perception problem? That's the question you were trying to ask, right? Yeah, two and a half months in, there's a lot swirling about this administration. Two and a half months in, I've been here for 20 years, since uh, 1997, the second term of Bill Clinton. We've never seen anything like this before. And my question was simple. How do you change the perception problem, basically? Um, I don't know verbatim what I said, but that, that was the impetus and, and the crux of my question. And it went off into this Russian dressing, no shaking my head or whatever. But the issue is the issue. Um, what's happening around here, we cover everything presidential. And you cannot ignore, as a reporter, that there are issues on Capitol Hill. Uh, uh, you have investigations going. You have the head of the Intel Committee coming here to the White House briefing people, and, and the president himself, and there is questions of the fact that this man should step down or, or, or you know, improprieties, all other things, and, and obstruction of justice and other issues uh, related to the Russia investigation. These are real issues that a reporter will ask a White House, be it two and a half months in, be it the first day, be it two years in. So I understand, um, I understand what Sean is doing. Sean is being the White House correspondent. He, not White House, excuse me, White House press secretary. Sean is being the White House press secretary, uh, uh, talking about and trying to make this administration look better than what it does right now and unfortunately I was roadkill today. Yeah, his job is spent and to be clear, April Ryan, 20 year veteran in that press corps, uh, does not have an agenda. Okay, so that that was yesterday MSNBC Live. So I, I watched it live yesterday and I couldn't believe what was going on. Because, uh, April Ryan is an excellent journalist. She doesn't have an agenda. She is asking the questions based upon reports. You have three investigations going on right now dealing with the ties to the Trump campaign to Russia. You have the FBI investigation. You have the U.S. Senate investigation, U.S. Uh, Senate Intelligence Committee. You have the House Intelligence Committee. You have three investigations. Okay, so, so um, you know, that was just totally ridiculous yesterday. Now, today... He was in a better mood when he asked questions, when she asked questions of him. Uh, but uh, from what I saw, he did not apologize for yesterday. He, he, he should apologize for yesterday. At least Bill O'Reilly apologized for insulting Maxine Waters. OK, at least he apologized for that. But uh, Sean Spicer didn't. But Sean, but as people say, Sean Spicer has an audience of one. He has an audience of one. And that's Donald Trump, a 70 year old toddler. Is Donald Trump a 70-year-old toddler? Because that's what he is. Okay, so very quickly, let's move to this next story here, okay? 
Um, and once again, we're doing a live webinar, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, What They Didn't Teach You in School. Uh, that's coming up uh, 7 p.m. today, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's the first installment of uh, three installments, two hours each, six-hour course, okay? And when we deal with understanding the transatlantic slave trade, we have to realize that our history in this country did not start in slavery. We have to understand that African people have been here at least 51,700 years. Uh, the Khoisan have the oldest DNA on the planet, so we don't start uh, dealing with the transatlantic slave trade. We don't start in uh, 1619, August 20, 1619. We don't start in uh, uh, the 1520s when the uh, Spanish are bringing Africans into the ter territory called South Carolina. This is even this is almost 100 years before August 20, 1619. All right, we have to deal with uh, the Khoisan, who have the oldest DNA on the planet. Uh, there's overwhelming evidence of an African presence uh, in this land going back at least 51,700 years. And then we deal with the 800-year occupation of uh, Europe by the Africans known as the Moors, who are taking teachings coming from ancient Kemet, taking them into Europe, bringing Europe out of the Dark Ages, teaching uh, Europeans how to read, um, introducing soap and alcohol, all different types of things like this, all types of inventions, mathematics and science, chemistry, etc. Okay, and then we deal with uh, Christopher Columbus, who uh, on his four voyages helped lay the foundation for slavery, racism, capitalism, and the exploitation of uh, of indigenous people. And uh, his four voyages helped open up the so-called New World to um, other European powers to uh, exploit uh, these new lands that they were discovering, Jamaica, Haiti, Puerto Rico, Cuba, Panama, Honduras, things like this. And uh, it opened up the so-called new world to other European nations coming in and fighting over these lands and exploiting the indigenous people of these lands. Okay, so when, when I deal with the transatlantic slave trade, I deal with it chronologically, uh, as opposed to episodically. You can't deal with it as an episode in history. You have to deal with it chronologically. Okay, so we posted the link here, uh, posted the information. You can register for it. Uh, it it's uh, it's in three installments. These are recorded. If you miss any of it, you can go back and watch it. Um, and it is um, starts tonight, 7 p.m. Uh, to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We may we may start a few minutes late because I have to switch gears and switch locations and uh, set up for the webinar when, when we finish here. But uh, it's going to be good. Now, who has registered for the webinar tonight? Who uh, who on Facebook right now has re has registered for the uh, for the webinar tonight? All right, and you want to have a pen and pad handy one because you're going to take notes and you'll be able to ask me questions. You could tune in from around the world. You'll be able to ask questions also. Okay, understand the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. All right, share this broadcast on your own Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in also. Uh, okay, share this broadcast on your own Facebook page. Invite your friends to tune in as well. Okay. All right, we're going to go to this next story here in just a minute, this shooting. And um, also we got to go to this story from News One Now with Roland Martin. I think I'm going to go to the story. Um, okay, so all this stuff, you know, watch uh, MSNBC, watch the Rachel Maddow show. Rachel's been kicking uh, ass covering this story, uh, covering what's going on with Donald Trump campaign, Russia, all this stuff, man. The, the walls are closing in on Donald Trump, and he knows it. The walls are closing in. I don't think he's going to make it to the end of the year. I think he's going to be forced to resign. Um, but this morning on News One Now with Roland Martin, they talked about uh, former acting attorney general um, uh, Sally Yates, who was scheduled to appear before an open session of the House Intelligence Committee um, on Tuesday, that got canceled by the head of the by the chairman of the committee, Representative Devin uh, uh, Nunes. Okay, he's canceled other hearings. Uh, former DNI director uh, uh, Jake uh, 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 Director Clapper was supposed to speak. You had uh, uh, former I think CNI director uh, Brennan was supposed to speak as well. All that stuff got canceled. 
Okay. And then uh, thinkprogress.org just had an article. Um, they just had an article where, um, okay, we'll, pu we'll pull that up here. It's coming up now. But let's go to this clip uh, from this morning, News One Now with Roland Martin. Kelly Yates was scheduled to appear. Former Acting Attorney General Sally Yates was scheduled to appear before an open session of the House Intelligence Committee investigating Russia yesterday. But that didn't happen. Why? Because Republican Committee Chair Devin Nunes abruptly canceled the hearing with no explanation. We may now know the reason why. Before she was fired by President Trump, Yates had been looking into his then national security advisor, Michael Flynn, who had raised suspicions for having met with the Russian ambassador. According to a report by the Washington Post, the White House wanted to block Yates' testimony, which reportedly would have contradicted earlier statements made by the administration about Flynn's Russia ties. And after Yates' attorney sent this letter to the White House on Friday, telling them Yates had agreed to testify, the hearing was then canceled. In this letter, the lawyer spelled out that she wanted to testify. Now, yesterday, Press Secretary Sean Spicer denied there was any White House connection between, between Yates' plan to testify and the cancellation of the hearing. I hope she testifies. I look forward to it. It was never, they, let's be honest, the hearing was never, was actually never notified. If they choose to move forward, great. We have no problem with her testifying, plain and simple. The report in the Washington Post is 100% false. Mmm, you really? Really? Now, folks, the uh, credibility of Chairman Nunes is seriously in doubt uh, because he made two trips to the White House without informing Democrats on this committee. Now, he's also crazy. He alleged he supposedly met with somebody who he won't reveal on the White House grounds in a room where he could view uh, intelligence. So that means that in order for him to get on the grounds, he would have actually had to have been uh, brought into the White House, signed in by somebody. That makes no sense whatsoever. They, he, so he's given all his explanations and the people are utterly confused by what's going on. Yep, and he and he's been contradicting himself over the past few days. Now the other thing is is that um when they are briefed on uh intelligence like that, right? They they are in a self-contained unit called a skiff, S C I F. Okay? Well, they have skiffs at the US Capitol building. They have skiffs where U.S. Congress meets. So why would he have to go there to view something in a in a secure space when they have secure spaces at the at, at the at the uh, at the Congress? Okay. So and the other question people are asking is who signed him into the White House? Because you can only be signed into the White House by somebody who works at the White House. So who signed him into the White House? Now what some people are suspecting is that the information he said uh, shows that there was uh, um, interception, some type of collection of, uh, um, I forgot the exact word, uh, uh, unintentional, uh, unintentional interception or something like that. Donald Trump's name comes up and it's collected uh, because somebody else who, uh, who mentioned his name, they were the target of the investigation. That's not surveillance. But Nunes has not shared with anybody else on the U.S. House Intelligence Committee, okay, uh, what the information was and where he got it from. That's problematic. So some people are suspecting the information came from within the White House and it was designed to try to make Donald Trump look good. So Donald Trump could say, see, the Obama administration really did have me under surveillance. But that's not true. He's still he's still lying. There's still no evidence that the Obama ministry that, that President Obama wiretapped his phones in the in the in the, in the Trump Towers. All right. Now, we do know that um, the FBI was doing an investigation going back to July dealing with the Trump campaign. We do know that, but that's not something ordered by the president. That's not something ordered by the president. There's still no evidence that president Obama wiretapped his phones or anything like that. Okay. Let's go back to this clip here. 
Let's break it down with Congresswoman Terry Sewell right here. Congresswoman, um, you're on the House Intelligence Committee. I am. Here you have the chairman who cannot give a straight answer to anybody, to anybody. So he says he gets his intelligence, doesn't share it with the ranking Democrat, doesn't share it with anybody else, but he wants everybody else to believe that it's legitimate. Listen, I've been on the House Intelligence Committee now for four years, and I'd like to say that I have an excuse for uh, my chairman, but I do not. I think under cover of night, he went to the White House um, and supposedly saw some information that didn't have anything to do with Russia, apparently, but he's not willing to share it with us. He came back the next day and apologized to the committee um, and then proceeded to uh, cancel all of the classified and public hearings that were supposed to be happening today. So, um, uh, former... Former DNI head Clapper was supposed yep. to testify. As well as Brennan. As well as former head of the CIA, mm -hmm. Brennan. Brennan. Mm -hmm. Then Sally Yates. Yep. So he just decides to cancel Unilater it? Unilaterally to cancel it, with no consultation with the ranking member, Adam Schiff. Um, I really think that there's no excuse for this. And I, um, along with other members of my um, committee, have called upon him to recuse himself on the Russian investigation. I think that's the very least he should do, if not resign. I think it's really important that we maintain the integrity of the transparency of this investigation. And we don't want to lose sight of the main reason why we're doing this. Russia meddled with our election. That is a fact. That was a fact that was proven by the IC. 17 agencies put together a report in January of 2017 that said explicitly that the DNC was hacked by the Russians and that it was authorized by the highest levels of the Russian government. I don't think that any of us, not one American, Republican, Democrat, whatever, independent, should be... Um, should not be appalled by this and not um, not want us to make sure that we get to the bottom of this. How long have you been on the committee? I've been on the committee four years. Have you ever seen anything like this where a chair of the intelligence committee is essentially serving as the a surrogate, patsy, a surrogate yeah. a patsy of the president. No, I have not. And, you know, it goes to the very heart of the integrity of the process, right? And so now everyone's lost confidence in the House uh, Intelligence Committee. It's going to be interesting to see. I understand that the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee is going to have a, um, a press conference, a joint press conference with the Republican and the Democrat uh, later this afternoon. But, you know, the American people deserve to know what's going on. Um, we need to make sure that it never happens again. And what we heard in the open hearing last week, week, uh, unequivocally, that the Russians will do it again. This is a part of their playbook. They've executed the same strategy of influence in Western Europe, in Eastern Europe, and now in the United States. It's unacceptable, and we shouldn't accept it. Well, now, the, the Intelligence Committee sees the most sensitive information uh, in this country. Uh, you're sworn, you can't reveal the information. Uh, you have to go into a skiff uh, mm -hmm. where Classified. literally uh, it's soundproof. Mm -hmm. You no no electronics in the, uh, no no, audio. no no emails, no audios, nothing, nothing with blue Bluetooth. Uh, it's really a uh, very classified setting. So that's what's re really troubling about. And, and this chairman, chairman literally says, "I'm not going to tell anybody, not even his own Republican colleagues on the committee." It's really, it's just just are you, odd. Are you buying his story? No, I actually think that this is more about a cover-up. Um, the reality is that the uh, it's been hot in the kitchen, as if you will, uh, for the uh, Trump administration. And to me, this is a foil for us to get away from the real issues at hand, which is how did the Russians hack us? Who helped them? Was there any coordination with the Trump administration? This is what we are supposed to be doing as a House committee. And we're so far off base, we're now talking about the chairman. Did he or did he not go to the White House? Did there, was there a log for that? We shouldn't be talking about that. We should be talking about the Russian interference in the U.S. election. And then, of course, you have Donald Trump sending out this tweet. Why doesn't fake news talk about Podesta ties to Russia as covered by Fox News or money from Russia to Clinton's sale of uranium? And so when you so when you look, talk about uh, with Nunes, so here's what has happened. What has happened now is the conversation has shifted. Absolutely. It's shifted away from actually investigating uh, the president mm -hmm. and investigating 
the issue of Russia to now it's all about him. Right. And I tweeted this the other day. I said I, that I absolutely believe this was all by design. So now by putting it all on him, now everything is targeted to him and there's no discussion about the actual issue. Right. And we can't let this issue be shoved under the rug because it will happen again. And I'd like to think that while the, the Republicans were on the winning end this time, um, that even if, if, if the Democrats were on the winning end, we as Americans still should care about Russia's interference in our elections. It's unacceptable. And I, I'm, I'm amazed that we're not more outraged, that Americans are not screaming from the hilltops that they want transparency in this process, that they want to understand the scope and manner in which it occurred, and how we're going to prevent it from happening in the future. Well, what's that funny really is, is when you actually look at the, uh, the actual polling data, 66% mm -hmm. uh, of Americans say there should be a congressional investigation. But it needs to be independent. It needs to be independent. And I think that what Chairman Nunes has done is called into question our independence mm -hmm. as a committee, which to me goes to the very heart of the integrity of our committee. Uh, um, and so I think it's really unacceptable. It's really sad because we had been a bipartisan committee up until this point. I can truly say that the chairman was um, willing to listen to me asking for more money for diversity and hiring in the Intelligence Committee for the IAA. We worked together to reauthorize the um, FISA. And, you know, I just think that it's really unfortunate, but I think that he is truly has to decide he can't serve two masters. He well, either has to be chairman of our committee or he has to continue to be a Trump transition member and patsy for the administration. And then, of course, yesterday, uh, the first Republican came out and yeah. said it's time for him to, to step down, recuse mm -hmm. himself from this. Let's bring in our panel to the far left here, Greg Carr, chair the Department of Afro-American Studies, Howard University, Sue Zodak, founding CEO of the Zodak Agency, Spencer Overton, president of the Joint Center for Political and Economic Studies. Sue, as a Republican, this has to be embarrassing. Also joining us via Skype from New York City, Allison McGevna, of course, uh, she, editorial director of HelloBeautiful.com. Sue, we'll start with you. Uh, as a Republican, it has to be embarrassing uh, to see the chair completely ignore everyone. No, I, I agree, you know, from, from a PR professional perspective that transparency, communication, respect for the other members of the committee, you know, that's an important part of governing and leadership and, and what people elected, you know, Nunez to be. But I think, you know, the, the imagination that we have that's run wild a little bit here is the description of him running across the lawn in the cover of night. I mean, the White House grounds includes the executive office building. I mean, it's, 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 it's not... Sue, Sue that you know, came from his, his, his own staff. Said that. Absolutely. Right. It includes the executive office building. We don't, you know, this, I think the description that the media is giving of him being, you know, a, 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 you know, a secret spy for the Trump administration, I think is an exaggeration. But why can't he share information, though, with the committee? I, no, I agree. I, I started at the beginning and saying that transparency, honesty, having, you know, Well, you're going to have wild rumors if you can't be honest about no, what happened. I, I, I agree. you're not forthcoming. He's overseeing this investigation. He goes over to the White House. Let's flash back. Loretta Lynch on a tarmac. A former president comes over to her plane and has a casual conversation with her. What, what does she do? She recuses herself, right? So basically the black AG has to recuse herself in that situation. Here we've got a situation where recusal is appropriate. Great. Well, I'm just, uh, first of all, Representative Sue, thank you, Roland. Thank you for your service. You and Representative Carson on that committee. Um, as a first-rate academic, and you've been that for a long time, and a lawyer, mm -hmm. I ask a couple questions. Number one, do you think that uh, Representative Nunez perhaps has crossed the line as a matter of law? And uh, the virtual disappearance of Michael Flynn, I mean, this is this has come to a head quicker than Watergate, quicker than Iran-Contra. Do you anticipate that this thing really could turn into something that is unprecedented in American history? And can we get this back on? I on think track? that the aura of mystique that's been caused by this cover of night, that's all you can call it, uh, um, disclosure by our um, chairman, has really called into question the very integrity of the entire process. And so while it may not be a legal uh, there may not be any legal cause to remove him. I do believe that um, part of our oversight responsibilities is to have an independency so that people know that we're actually doing our job, that we're not uh, clouded by politics. I think that what has come of this is that um, what's become really evident is that we need an independent investigation that's done by a commission, sort of like the 9-11 commission. Right. That's not to supplant our investigation. We have to do oversight, both the Senate and the House, but it's in 
addition to, so that the American people can really understand the transparency. There's no way, two ways about it. The whole, um, the whole way that this came about suggests a cover-up. Uh, and unless he's willing to be forthcoming, yeah. what is the American people to do but have our ima imaginations run wild? Allison, uh, what you have here, again, you have all this back and forth. And at the end of the day, uh, we still don't have the true answers. And when you have the chair uh, blocking uh, actual testimony, we still don't get to have the answers from Brennan, from Clapper, from Sally Yates. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the Trump administration continues to just make a mockery of the system. And um, Chairman Nunes is really, you know, positioning himself as a lackey. And it's really unfortunate because his credibility in Washington is going to be completely shot. And this is what we're seeing happen with so many politicians. And I agree with the Congresswoman. We need that transparency. We need that independent investigation. But I'm beginning to question whether or not that's even a possibility in the current uh, administrations that we're seeing in Washington right now. Congressman, 20 seconds, final comment. I just want us to remember why this is important. It's important because the Russians meddled cat in our system, in our election system, and it shouldn't be a partisan issue. It should be truly uh, a bipartisan issue. It's a matter of national security. It's about cyber attack. It's a cyber warfare was ca was cast upon the American people, and we should get to the bottom of it. All right, Congressman Terry Sewell, member of the House Intelligence Committee. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. It's Okay, so that was this morning, News One Now with Roland Martin, all right? Um, go to NewsOne.com. They have articles there. Uh, go to uh, follow Roland Martin on YouTube. You can watch clips there also, okay? All right, now, you've heard me talk about, and tomorrow morning when I do Wake Up with Steve Hood, because this is, this is very busy time, because I, I, I'm getting... Uh, ready to do my segment. Uh, I do it every Thursday morning, 9, 10 a.m., the Superstation in Detroit, WFDF. I'm on the Wake Up with Steve Hood show every Thursday morning, 7 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. One of the things we're going to talk about tomorrow is the agenda that the Congressional Black Caucus presented to Donald Trump when they met uh, last week, Wednesday, March 22nd. Who has downloaded this document? you got to download this read through it this is powerful it's called we have a lot to lose we have a lot to lose solutions to advance black families in the 21st century solutions to advance black families in the 21st century we have a lot to lose okay they have information here this is an agenda okay they lay out history of african americans uh going from slavery to reconstruction to um Jim Crow up to the Great Migration, uh, Great Depression, Jim Crow, Civil Rights, the New Deal, World War II, all of that. They lay out uh, the problems in our community, then lay out viable solutions as well. Now, there are elements of here that every African-American organization across the country, whether they are a black club, a black parents organization, a mentorship group, uh, whether they are... Um, a local chapter, the NAACP, a Black Lives Matter chapter, what have you. The elements in there that all of our groups can take to form a powerful agenda, a platform, and push their platform to uh, local government, state government, and national government, okay, to uh, get something tangible for our vote. But also it provides a agenda for African Americans to operate based upon as well so it's not just something that you give to them you push to elected officials It's also something that gives a lot of information to us and gives us uh, some type of agenda to operate based upon as well extremely important you can download it from uh, go to Roland's website rolandsmartin.com rolandsmartin.com you can download it we have a lot to lose because Donald Trump asked a question to African-Americans, he said, what do you have to lose? Well, we have a lot to lose, okay? And you can also go to cbc.house.gov, uh, cbc.house.gov. You can download it there as well, okay? All right, now, I'll be at the, I'll be in Baltimore uh, this weekend at the uh, Baltimore Natural Hair Care Expo, the Baltimore Natural Hair Care Expo, and um, it's taking place uh, Saturday, April first sunday april 2nd 
at Coppin State University, Coppin State University. Uh, we have information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, about it, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Uh, correction on my workshop is taking place 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. each day. It's in the Cannabis Room cannabis room because they're going to talk about cannabis hopefully the cannabis room doesn't smell like cannabis because i don't like the smell of it i don't smoke it i never smoked it don't like it uh i know it has medicinal purposes but um uh, my workshop is on great african women in history the mothers of civilization great african women in history the mothers of civilization and uh you can visit also naturalhaircareexpo.com naturalhaircareexpo.com um and um the the information's there as well okay and let me see let me um we'll pull this up also all right now uh there's a story from um oh so okay so i have to be in baltimore this weekend i'm leaving friday uh if you if you like the information we share here on the african history network and on the michael m hotep show if you want to donate to the African History Network, this will help me get to Baltimore because I have a lot of expenses. This will help me get to Baltimore. Uh, we posted the information there uh, on the thread. Uh, you can also go to you can go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Um, click on the yellow button right on the uh, yellow donate button right on the home page. You can donate twenty five, fifty, a hundred dollars, whatever you want. Because uh, I got because Miss yeah, I got him. Head out um, Friday. It's going to be a little expensive. So uh, that helps me get there and get back. So we appreciate that. All right. Newsone.com had an article um, from yesterday, uh, March 28th. Unarmed South Carolina man shot 17 times in back by police, victim's sister says. Now, the victim's sister said what happened to her brother, Walt, uh, Walt Key Sermon. Williams was, quote, so extreme and outrageous that it shocks the conscience. OK, now um, let's go to. OK, we'll wait for that to come up. Let's go to this story here. OK, so um, the sister of a South Carolina man who was killed by police during a high speed car chase recently claimed in a lawsuit that her brother was shot 17 times in his back. OK, NBC News uh, reported Walt Key Sermon uh, Williams, uh, who's, who's African-American, quote, did not have a weapon, end quote, and was struck in total by 19 of the two dozen shots fired at him during the deadly confrontation on December 19th. OK, so I think that was December 19, 2016, according to a lawsuit filed in Sumter County on behalf of um, Walt Key Williams sister, uh, Tamikia. Uh, her name is Tamikia Kind for unspecified damages. Now, what happened to Williams to uh, Walt Key Williams? Uh, the lawsuit goes on to state. Uh, quote, is so extreme and outrageous that it shocks the conscious, end quote. Police in uh, a news release said they were responding to reports that, quote, a female was afraid to go outside of the mall after an estranged boyfriend threatened to kill her and was seen outside pointing a firearm at her vehicle. Uh, quote, the brief chase began where Williams crashed his SUV into a couple of cars. Uh, Williams got out of the vehicle, uh, a short foot chase uh, followed. Uh, according to according to, to according to the police statement, uh, there was a brief struggle and then an exchange of gunfire, the details of which are under investigation by the state law enforcement division. Now, solicitor Chip, uh, solicitor Chip Finney uh, will decide if the officers who have a video of the shooting and those and, and, and whose races have not yet been released. Uh, solicitor Chip Finney will decide if they will face charges. Uh, and this was reported by the Associated Press. OK, now the uh, we'll go to the story here from NBC News uh, dealing with this story as well on Facebook. Uh, uh, Willie Tate said, everybody, please get at least one million dollars. Uh, what are you talking about? You talking about taking out life insurance policy? Um, OK, so. The article from yesterday 
um, NBCnews.com, South Carolina man killed by police was shot 17 times in back. Um, okay. And I saw this article on NBC News' website because I'm on the website a few times a day. Um, let's see. Okay, so in the article it says Williams was no stranger to the police. He was twice found guilty of stalking and also had several motor vehicle violations on his record. He, he, uh, he had also been accused of trying to sell a stolen car and enter a bank, uh, quote, with intent to steal, end quote. But those charges were dismissed. All right. Now, um, one of uh, Tamika Kine's lawyers, uh, C. Carter Elliott, said, I think he was a pretty good guy. Um, he had some criminal background there. But none of it was crazy. Now, to, um, a solicitor, uh, Elliot, said the chain of events that ended with William's death began with an argument with a girlfriend in a parking lot at the Sumter Mall. Uh, it ended with a ton of shots, a lot of them in the back. It doesn't make sense to me. There's two eyewitnesses that saw it, and we are pushing to get the officer's body cam video that recorded what happened. Now, police in the news release said they were responding to reports that a female was afraid to go outside of the mall uh, after an estranged boyfriend threatened to kill her and was seen outside pointing a firearm uh, at her vehicle. Okay, so all right, so we talked about that. Uh, okay, you can check out this article also. This is from NBC News uh, and NBC uh, NBC Black. A South Carolina man killed by police was shot 17 times in back. Okay, so now South Carolina, behind this, if all this stuff is true, there should be massive economic boycotts going on in South Carolina. Boycotting the white-owned banks, sports teams, all the types of things like that. Downtown business district, the, the major chain stores in the downtown business district. There should be massive economic boycotts. All right, visit the website naturalhaircareexpo.com, naturalhaircareexpo.com. They have the information about the uh, Baltimore uh, Natural Hair Care Expo, the Baltimore Natural Hair Care Expo. I'll be there um, this Saturday and Sunday. I'll be in Baltimore Saturday, April 1st, Sunday, April 2nd. Uh, come visit the vendor uh, booth of the African History Network. We'll have DVDs there as well. Uh, this is a great time. The, uh, the Natural Haircare Expo is excellent. They have uh, workshops all day. They have vendors, and don't and it, they don't just have vendors dealing with natural hair. Uh, also, they have vendors, um, uh, all different types of vendors, products for African Americans as well. Okay, so check that out. Also, visit NaturalHaircareExpo.com. Natural Hair Care. Uh, naturalhaircareexpo.com um, and then my workshop is 5pm to 6pm each day great African women in history the mothers of civilization alright uh, this date in African American history uh, March 29th Granville T. Woods along with his brother Lyets L-Y-A-T-E-S patented the first of two improvements on railroad breaks uh, on this date in 1904, patent number 755825, uh, Pearl Bailey, famed uh, entertainer, was born in uh, Newport, N Newport News, Virginia, on this date in 1918. And Dr. Eric Williams, who was an author, also author and historian, uh, prime minister of Trinidad and Tobago and author of Capitalism and Slavery, died on this date in 1981. Dr. Eric Williams. Okay, you can read more facts about this date in African history and African American history at yenoba.com, Y-E-N-O-B-A, yenoba.com, Y-E-N-O-B-A. Okay, um, so we, we, we're doing the live webinar, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. That's coming up uh, around 7 o'clock today. We may start a few minutes late. I have to switch locations i'm at my desk i gotta move to a table so we can uh, uh broadcast i gotta switch locations here so uh shortly within about a half hour or so um you can register for it we posted the information uh here to register uh you can click on the link uh it's a it's it's three installments it's a three-part um overall six-hour online course you can uh, tune in from around the world, okay? 
and uh, it starts tonight, uh, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then the, um, the the second installment will be Saturday, March 8th, uh, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. And Saturday, March 15th, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. If you miss any of it, it's not a problem. Uh, it's recorded. Okay. So you can go back and watch it over and over again. Hey, Sabrina, Lorik, how you doing? Uh, hey, Sabrina, did you register for the uh, live webinar we're doing today? It's a six-hour webinar. It's in two-hour installments. Today is the first two hours. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. We got there was a, a issue uh, at the at the, the African History Network School dot com. Uh, there, there, there was an issue. Um, I know somebody was trying to register yesterday, wasn't connecting to PayPal. We got that straightened out. It's working. So you can go ahead and register. Not a problem at all. We're going to post the link again here. Uh, March or April. Oh, say March. Uh, 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 April. April. It starts today, March, but then, um, the rest is, uh, April, um, 8th and, uh, I'll change that right now. The rest is April 8th and um, 15th. Okay. All right. Thanks. April 8th and April 15th. All right. Yeah, so those are uh, two consecutive Saturdays. And then we start tonight. So you want to have a pen and pad handy also. All right. Thanks, Stephanie. You want to have a pen and pad handy as well. Because I was playing around looking at different dates whether I wanted to have it on a Sunday or Saturday or what. But one of those Sundays was um, Easter. And so I didn't want to have it on. Uh, I didn't want to have it on Easter. Okay. So we're going to post it right here again. Okay. All right. So you can go ahead. Okay, we got that. You can go ahead and register for that. Thanks. Uh, we'll see you all shortly. Uh, we've got to get out of here. Hey, remember on the Michael M. Hotep show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We'll talk to you later. Peace. <laughs>